Welcome to Magic is Real, the podcast where we focus on spiritual journeys, near-death experiences, and all things metaphysical and spiritual. If this podcast resonates with you, it would mean the world if you can like, subscribe, and share with like-minded friends. Thank you so much for being here with an open heart and mind. I wish you peace, light, and love always. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Magic is Real. I am Shannon. I am a psychic medium, and I'm your host, here to speak with you about all things metaphysical and spiritual. And I would love it in advance. I'm going to say this. If you would do me a favor, and if you like this, would you please subscribe if you haven't already, like the video, leave comments below, even if it's just a word or two. It really helps the algorithm and helps get the word out that this podcast exists and helps other people to um, be aware of the podcast and get to hear the stories that you have been able to hear yourself by being aware. So thank you for your support. Thank you for being here. Today, I'm really happy to have with me Valerie Johnson. Valerie Johnson is a near-death experiencer, and she's also a human being here to share the insights that she's learned and how little bit about her spiritual journey and what happened to her when she died and lived to tell the tale. Valerie, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Shannon. Such a pleasure. Valerie, I'd love to start by knowing who you are um, as a human being. What is, um, I would love to start by talking about what were your spiritual beliefs? What was your upbringing like? Who are you as a human being? Um, and before this, before this all happened to you? Well, before this happened to me, um, I grew up in a real small town in Squam, Washington, and population like 1100 when I was a kid. So it was very small. You knew everybody. Um, grew up with not a lot of parental guidance and didn't really... Um, Went to church with my grandma every once in a while, but wasn't really exposed to Jesus and, and what the difference between Jesus and God. I remember as a child being so confused and just really not knowing much about any kind of spiritual path at all as a child. I did have a grandma who was really um, now looking back, very in tune. But, you know, I, yeah, didn't realize it as, as a young child. So didn't have a lot of religious upbringing at all um, before, before this happened. And um, it happened when I was 20. So after that, then, then my life kind of changed. Yeah. Right. Well, let's just start with wherever you'd like to start when it comes to the actual story and what happened. Well, okay. Um, so I, like I said, not a lot of parental guidance and in a really small town. And, um, so there wasn't a lot to do and we drank a lot and, um, we were up in the mountains at a party, uh, way up in the mountains. And I had drank way too much and drove home and down this mountain and I went off the road, I was in a little Volkswagen, went off the road on the right, and I backed up and I was um, kind of teetering on a cliff. And so that's I opened, terrifying. <laughs> it really, it was, but I was, like I said, you were inebriated. Exactly. And so um, I tried to get out of the car and we both went over the cliff. And so it was a 500 foot cliff. And, and so I kind of, I remember bouncing kind of off the, you know, terrain on the way down. 
and God is good. I ended up um, on the a side of a river bank and the river was flowing over the lower portion of my body, which I guess kept me alive because the bone in my leg was out of my leg. And I would have bled to death, they said, if I wasn't in the cold. It was like February and snowing. And so um, I was in a perfect place for the night. And the next day, some hikers um, were driving up the road and they had saw the tracks over the side and they stopped and got out. And one was a paramedic and they came down and they found me. And um, so a bunch of men, I remember being on a just a flat board and they walked me up the side of this mountain. And I remember being in the ambulance on the way to the hospital in Port Angeles. So I spent a month at this hospital and I don't, you know, I don't remember a lot of it, but in and out. And I, at the end, I was about ready to get out of the hospital and the doctor was in the room with me and I started getting really bad pains in my stomach and started throwing up blood. Anyway, my liver had exploded inside my chest cavity. Uh, like a blood clot had hit it. But at this small hospital, they didn't know what was wrong. So for about a week, I had like 105 temperature, just couldn't breathe, couldn't breathe. So they airlifted me to the major hospital in Seattle, Harborview. And um, in the very first surgery I had at Harborview, I remember being up over the team of, there was like 12 people working on me and they put a long needle in my chest and they pulled out 550 cc's of blood. And I remember the number and everything. And, and as soon as they did that, I could breathe again. And, and then I was laying on the table, looking back up at them. And I don't, I didn't have any, you know, didn't go beyond seeing lights or anything like that but just was over the top and out of my body watching them work on me, which was fascinating. And I, I think I spent three and a half months then in that hospital. And I think they lost me four times in surgeries, but I never, um, I don't remember any of it. I was just so, so drugged up. Um, and so after that, I really became aware of you know, the, kind of more aware of energy and just that we're not just in these bodies. We are actually all connected. And, and I kind of knew just, you know, when you think of somebody and they call you, that's not just coincidence. Right. There's energy flowing. So anyway, at, now, after I raised my three children and I'm just super interested in Akashic records and um, spiritual energy. And Marie Manusheri here in Seattle is fascinating healer that I love to listen to. And so I'm I'm just kind of delving in now that I have time more to learn about this. And I came across your podcast and I was really fascinated to hear the stories. Thank so you for, for that. Is that your cat in the background, the little tail? Yes, they're so funny. When I'm talking to anybody on Zoom, they <clears> seem <throat> interesting. Mine do too, except that they can't get in here. Um, yeah, I met Valerie, everyone, um, in a an IONS group, I think. And it wasn't it, uh, uh, it was, I, uh, oh, a presentation I did. It might, I don't remember where it was, but I, I, I think 
So you were there and you reached out to me, which really meant a lot to me to tell me that you also had, you had had, not also, I haven't had a near-death experience, but that you had had an experience. And I wanted to speak with you about it um, because I think that, yeah, there are so many people that have these experiences where they do, they go and they have like this epic adventure on the other side. But I don't think, but the thing is that you don't need to have that experience to be hit with this understanding of who, of your true nature. So you had the experience of, first of all, I didn't know your story and I didn't want to. And a lot of times ahead of time, I didn't want to know ahead of time because I like it to be fresh. So when you see my expressions, it's genuine. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Um, you know, your, your experience of God, you know, by the grace of God, go I, I drank and dro drove when I was about that age and so many times and lived to tell about it, never had an accident, never had, it was pulled over. Um, but first of all, don't drink and drive people. Um, yeah. but, but the fact is that you, yeah, you had this understanding simply from seeing that my, your soul is not who you, it, it is, your body is not who you are. So I would love to ask you a few questions. Um, one is that when you were above your body, I'm assuming the way you told it, it feels like you kind of, it felt natural. Like you weren't going, oh my God, what am I doing up here? It just felt totally comfortable and natural. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. was it, it was more? very peaceful. Yeah. I mean, I, and I wasn't worried about myself. <laughs> it was very interesting. Right. That's and did you have a full understanding? A lot of people say that they sort of received this knowing through osmosis from what the way I perceived what you said um, is, yeah, it's just natural. And you understood that, oh, yeah, I'm not part of my body is just a vessel for my soul. What kinds of understandings did you have even even just afterwards, um, even maybe when you woke up or after you had time to process what had happened? Um, what was your understanding of the nature of your soul? Well, especially over the years, I, I really come to understand that I believe I've lived many lives and I'm evolving each time um, to just to try to understand that we are all one. We're, we're of this. We are all absolutely one. And we should treat each other as if it's ourselves. And um, I just got it. I just got my first tattoo. And you too? Love yourself first. And it's my gentle reminder to put my oxygen mask on before assisting others. Because, because then I have more love to give others. But, but that's really what I've come to understand is just really to have empathy and understanding for everyone. We're all in this together. And, um, and really meditation is so important to just tap into that still quiet download of information that you can get when you turn off because you get to pick your movie screen right and um so it's interesting when you meditate you, you get these downloads that are just pure um kind of creative information that you can't get in this busy world and it's getting busier and busier all the time so it's very fascinating to me but anyway that's kind of i'm i'm really fascinated with the energy now and how how it affects our bodies and the chakras and 
kind of clearing out the energy. It, it's all very fascinating to me. When we move, I'm going to make a meditation room just, you know, so I can yeah. keep the doors shut. Don't I'd me. love to speak with you about that. Um, one is I just got my first tattoo as well. Um, and mine says trust, simply trust. And that's something I did just, it's not pretty, it's just there. Um, just to remind me to trust the process. And I still have anxiety, but it's to do, especially with mediumship. I got it after I began that work because I've, <laughs> I've learned and I continue to learn and spirit keeps reminding me that it's about trusting what's coming to you and trusting your intuition, which even knowing that I sometimes in my reading start to overthink, I start to think it, think through it, analyze it, because that's the way my brain has always operated. And uh, I just posted an episode about how I gave a reading on an airplane and someone suggested to me the other day, it could be because you're up in a plane, you're away from a lot of interference that's on the ground, right? And just, it was the only reading I've ever done where there was not a single no. You know, if I'm, if I'm giving a reading professionally, there's often, I'm wrong, I'm a little off, I'm thinking too hard, I'm trying too hard. Everything was yes, 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 yes. That's all true. Um, the spirit was just talking through me. Well, what the spirit was trying to show me, it was to literally just try, don't overanalyze it. I'm just, I'm telling you, just believe what I'm telling you. So with that in mind, I'd love to hear you speak about your meditation practice and um, even if it's imperfect, um, but what it has done for you and what you think meditation, how it benefits us and how it helps us connect with that part of ourselves that we sometimes lose connection with as we human well yeah today's world is just so much going on i just think it's ultra important to take the time and just shut everything down and and be still and be okay even if you have that monkey mind to just keep going back to your breath and stilling yourself um, i think it's really important to stay in the present as much as we can and when we move forward or backward um, to try to bring ourselves right back to now. Um, I heard something the other day that was really interesting. It was about when you're a baby or you know a young child, time goes by really slow because you're absorbing all the new information coming at you. And as we get older, our lives speed up faster and faster all the time because most of the time we're on autopilot and we're not really even paying it when you drive somewhere, you know, you don't even remember the drive. You're on autopilot and you're not really paying attention to what's going on and, and really soaking in, like everything's alive with energy and really soaking in right now. Um, so for me, meditation just brings me back to right now and I can, um, kind of love myself and take that time to to fill myself back up so that I have time to give to others. Um, and that's, that's kind of, it, I mean, it's really, I worked for years and I thought I was doing it wrong. I, I just was trying so hard to meditate and it just wasn't, I didn't feel like it was really working for me. And then I finally got to a point where, and, and meditations brought me to a, where I feel like whatever happens that's what that's how it's supposed to be 
and not really freaking out about stuff so much like I used to um, and worrying about what's going to happen. And I was always, especially raising children, always worrying about what's going to happen. And, oh, my gosh, what if I die before they're raised? And, you know, what and all, all this wasted, completely wasted energy that I could have been doing other things with. And so I just, I, that's where I'm at right now with, with trying to meditate, you know, just meditate and being okay with whatever happens. Cause apparently that's how it was supposed to work out. Exactly. That's why I trust. Yes, uh, and I love what you said, because I, I say this all the time. I, I literally do say it all the time that you have to put your own oxygen mask on first. I literally said it this week, a few times to different people. Um, and it's so true. We can't be of service to anyone else unless we are present with ourselves, at peace with ourselves and taking care of our well own well-being first so that we have the bandwidth to give to other people and um, and also to resist the urge to take from other people energetically because we need them to make us feel okay, which is work that I've done in the 12-step um, for the last 15, 20 years is learning that there is an over overemphasis, I think, these days on self-reliance because we do need one another. We do need connection. That's how we're designed. That's what we're here for in my belief, that we're here to love, to learn to love and connect and help and aid. And that being said, as, a as an emotional dependent, emotionally dependent, a former emotionally dependent person, I felt so empty and lacked that I had that God-sized hole, as we call it. God can be anything that you feel comfortable with, but it's that. I'm not saying that you have to be religious or anything, but there, there's that feeling of, I don't love myself and I don't know where to feel, how to feel whole. So I need you to tell me I'm okay. I need you to make me feel okay. The problem is it's not anyone else's responsibility. So when they inevitably let you down, well, well-meaning or maliciously, you're left with a bigger hole. Now it's like, oh, no one loves me. Now the hole's even bigger. Um, and so you just keep stuffing this hole and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger until you realize that, wait, I'm the only person that can, f I have to learn to self-soothe. I have to learn to be my my best caretaker. I would just love to hear your thoughts on that. Like, I would just love to hear your, either your experience, your insights, whatever you you know about that. Well, for me, it's all about learning to set boundaries mm. and it took me 55 years to do that yeah. i am serious i had i just did not know how to set boundaries and because of my childhood and how i was raised i was an absolute helicopter mother and so just um to the point of swinging the pendulum way too far the other way I remember my daughter after a, a week in kindergarten, her teacher came out and said, you know, you might want to let Jaden zip up her own coat because she's the only one in class that really doesn't know. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, you know, but, but that's, and I think just, yeah, uh, anyway, um, I totally lost my train of thought coming back. Um, what was I talking? Sorry. Totally. No, the it's okay. The question, just the question is anything that you want to say about that, which was oh, a great example of the boundaries. Yeah. Setting boundaries um, now 
just in the last couple of years, I've really worked on setting boundaries with my children, with my friends, with my spouse. And that helps fill me up because I know, I mean, and, and, but saying yes to things too, but also when it's not okay, or it, it doesn't feel right in my heart, not worrying about hurting their feelings and, and, and saying it with love, but, but setting some boundaries. I think that's been like the biggest thing for me. Um, and me it's taken forever to learn how to do it. I always felt like you said, if I don't do this, they're not, they're going to feel bad. They're not going to love me, you know, and, and just wore myself out trying to make them love me and they would have anyway right mm -hmm. especially my children but I I just was it was horrible and so I just say yeah set your boundaries love yourself fill yourself up with whatever that is yoga meditation reading I love to read so I just eat up books um, but whatever it is that fills you up do more of that and then you have more to give. I mean, I really think that's so important. Yeah. I love that too. I had to learn. That's part of 12-step work is learning how to have boundaries. And I think that when you're a people pleaser, so much of that is, again, you're afraid that you're not enough. Like they're not going to love you if you rock the boat in any way or you dare to have a need. One of my <laughs> therapists said to me, he said, having needs is not neediness. Like it's not needy to have needs because I was like, maybe I'm too needy. And the thing is, I wasn't at all. I wasn't speaking up for my needs at all. Mm -hmm. I was putting up with people not meeting my needs and just pretending I didn't care when it was very deeply painful. And he's like, what's wrong with having needs? We all do. And it's okay to speak them. And as you said, especially with your children, where there's that unconditional bond, they're going to love you anyway. Don't you love people despite their flaws and their character defects? That's part of being human. But I think that we have to learn that we don't have to do a song and dance to be loved. We are all, as you said, we're all one. We are innately special and unique and valuable. It doesn't mean someone has to put us, you know, we all, we don't want to put anyone on a pedestal, but obviously it's about, it's not even about loving. It's now they're actually going to respect you even more. The more you have boundaries, the more people actually respect you. And that's what we, love is easy to get. Respect, not, not as much if you just let somebody continually treat you in a way that's less than you feel comfortable with or that you, you need. Well, that's, that's just telling them, it's telling yourself and them, I'm not worth I don't love myself. I'm not, you know, I put your needs above mine, which is not only, um, it's, it's also just unattractive in general. Like it's unattractive <laughs> to people, whether it's romantic or otherwise, people don't like somebody to be obsequious and to right. constantly please. We're here to, we'll be, to be our own people. So I think that's very special. And another question about, um, so you left your body and I know from interviewing a lot of near-death experiencers, no matter how far into the other side they went, I have seen consistently that once people leave their bodies, whether it happened at birth or as childhood or even at 20 or, or later in life, from that point on, they have a much stronger, they're much more strongly tethered to the other side in the sense that they may have stronger intuition. They may receive, they just have a stronger connection. They might have psychic abilities 
and um, an understanding. So I'd love to know for you, what has that been like? Do you notice you were young? So maybe, but, but do you notice, do you have these psychic hits? Do you have mediumship abilities? Um, and if so, share, share, if you have any stories about that. I tap into my, my family that have passed and they actually have funny conversations with my mom. And, and this has just happened in the last couple of years. So it's been really fascinating for me. Um, and the first, first time that it really, I was meditating and, um, I was doing a meditation of Marie's and she takes you up to the fourth dimension and all this information spinning. And it's like a 20 lane, you know, 20 stack highway of just data flowing. And then she takes you up to the fifth dimension. And when she did that, my mother immediately came to me and just hugged me and loved me. And, and then my father and the rest of my, my grandparents and my family were there. And my mom was having, like, just telling me stuff, you know, like, don't keep my, my stuff. That's ridiculous. That's not me. That's just my stuff. Get rid of it. Cause I've always had a tough time, like letting go of her things. And, um, anyway, she just like was being super funny. And at the end I was like, oh my gosh, I, I hope we can have these conversations, you know, again, or more often or whatever. And she was like, yeah, once, you know, every 12 years would <laughs> let's do better than that. And, and then since then I, I can have conversations with her, like when I get still enough. And so it's, it's been really interesting to me to, to do that. The first time was a guided meditation. And then um, now I feel like I can just kind of, but I have to get really quiet and really yeah. um, but it's been really good because I know in my heart, they're all okay. They're all, everything's fine. It's going to be fine for me. Um, death is not a scary thing at all. It's something to look forward to and celebrate because at that point that we worry and, and, and do so much here on earth, it's useless and it's just so much more peaceful. And so, um, yeah, it's just something that used to be super, super fearful for me and just isn't anymore because of, of that. That's what I would have asked you is how has this changed your perception of life and death and how has it changed the way that you interact with other people and move through your life? And you can elaborate on that if you like. Well, I just feel like um, I used to worry, about, like I said, about everything about my children. And now I feel like they're on their own journeys and whatever they stumble upon or soar to it's the, that's just part of their journey yeah and it's not a bad thing they learn even when they make mistakes and uh, and it's just nothing to worry about anymore and so i feel this sense of peace that no matter what everything's gonna everything will be fine and i think that the, and like i said this is pretty new like in the last couple of years where i've really started to feel like this um and it, it's a wonderful feeling yeah. Yeah. I feel the same. I mean, granted, sometimes my monkey mind takes over and oh, yeah. I have been on anti-anxiety meds for the last few years because I had a 
vocal thing that has to do with stress and anxiety. And I'm a voice actor, so I had to do that. Anyway, I recently went off and I was like, I feel really good. I feel, I think that I've like the, all the meditation and the yoga and the spiritual work is really, I, I think I can balance this. And then at 6 a.m. last night, I woke up and I was like, <gasps> and I, I could just tell, I'm like, oh, here it goes. The monkey mind um, starting to worry and starting to have all these feelings and intensities of feeling and had to talk myself. It took me two hours to talk myself down and say, feelings aren't facts. This is just your sensitivity, which I love about myself. I love being a highly sensitive person, but my brain just yeah. wants to solve and sort and think and all, you know, it's not. And I just kept saying, two weeks ago when you were on antidepressants, you were like, this, none of this was even an issue. So just remember, this is an illusion. It's your feelings are real. Your feelings are valid. But they're, all of this chatter is like just your sensitivity wanting and wanting to to organize it all and figure it all out which is it's a beautiful thing to to have such high and you know to have that like high intelligence that we empaths have emotional intelligence and it can also be difficult at times yeah absolutely be, right i totally have to monitor what i watch on tv me too i will take in the i just yeah i have to be very careful about what i watch what I'm doing. Um, as a matter of fact, my husband was down in Las Vegas for March Madness and my son works at Alaska Airlines. So I just flew down there for the night, just thought it'd be fun. And there were some images just on the street that I couldn't get out of my head. And it was like, oh, I never need to go back. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's very interesting that I, yeah, you have to really be careful about, and I love how honest you are I speak of, you know, being peaceful and mm. that's not 24 seven. I mean, I have my moments where same thing. I'll have like 2 a.m. wake up full body panic attack about yep. work or whatever. Stupid. You know, will this matter in a month? I know. Five years? No. But it's, it's, so I have to talk. And I love that you shared that because I think we all have those moments no matter what. Yeah, for the most part, I just kept I just kept reminding myself and do it's all happening in my highest and best good. So things aren't quite going the way that I thought they were going, but that's because it's all part of a greater plan in my mind. And so it does help. It really yeah. does, because I know that it's OK. It's all leading towards something better. And so if, if things aren't quite the way that I imagine them, it's okay. Still tr trust, trust, trust. <laughs> My brain is still accustomed to freaking out because it wants to protect myself. And it does for you too. I think when we're empaths, what, have you read the uh, highly sensitive person by any chance? I did years ago. Yeah. It's, well, I'll recommend it to empaths around and, and anyone who wants to understand empaths. But I think for me, it was like, oh, my God, there's a name for this. And if if you recall, she talks about how 15 percent of us are highly sensitive people and the, there's nothing wrong with us. We were the and I've said this a million times. So uh, on this podcast, but there that we are the part of the herd that was designed to be able to seek danger and to protect the herd. But with our sixth sense, essentially. So we were the ones that were like, there's a rustling in the bushes. There's a <laughs> there's a predator in the, behind us. And we're the ones that are the war the people that the the herd pack the pack people who uh, warn the others that there's danger coming. So our brains are on high alert all the time as a protective mechanism, which is not a bad thing. 
it becomes detrimental and difficult when you live in a society where we need to be on all the time. We need to be focused on our work and we need to be, um, you know, like I wouldn't have gone on antidepressants if I weren't a voice actor and needed my voice to work. But when I get stressed, my whole throat tenses up and gets stiff and I can't and I lose like mobility and I'm like this. That's yeah. the way that it manifests for me is the throat chakra. And um, because it's my profession, I had to take antidepressants because I can't work. But if I were in nature, this would be fine. You know, it, right. it might not be comfortable, but it would actually serve a purpose. So part of my going off of the meds, and I'm not saying just go off your meds if you've got more serious issues, was saying, you know, I need to learn to flow with the way that I am. Um, and now that I've kind of had time to, I used it as as a to help me along the way, but I also, and to get my voice back and retrain my voice to calm down, to calm down and keep reinforcing. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I want to be the way that I am. The only thing that's wrong with it is adapting to a society that moves, 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 and is very fast and there's stimulation. And as you said, watching certain things, I can't watch the news. I, I do not watch it. Yeah. I cannot watch it. Yeah. And that's okay. But we're made to think, well, if you're not informed and you're, you know, you're being irresponsible, you don't care. You're, it's, we're being drawn into this stuff all the time. How do you set boundaries for yourself? You know, like what's your method for, um, we've talked a little bit about it, but I'd love to hear you elaborate on what we can do to adapt to a world that's so, to be in the world, but also safe, keep ourselves safe from that. Well, for me, I can't, I quit the newspaper. I don't watch the news. It, it, I do have to say it's very challenging because my husband watches Fox News 24-7. Yep. And I can't even look at it. So yeah. if it's on, you know, so that's challenging for me personally. But but I, I can't, yeah, for, for me, I don't, it's disconnect for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think today we are, I see it at my work, uh, we, we hire, you know, a lot of young, bright, talented people who would rather I am than walk, I don't know, 20 feet and down and talk to somebody. It's just the personal interaction part of our society is getting less and less because we'd rather text somebody than call them. Uh, it's faster. It's we're so busy. It's like it's like we're on this this treadmill that we can't get off of. So disconnect for me is the biggest thing. Um, I will open my phone to order something on Amazon, and if I click on that Facebook button, I could get sucked in for a half an hour of time that I just lost and I'll never get back. So I just. Uh, turn turn off all of my notifications and and really really put my phone down because it's uh, too much these days. Bless you. Thank you. I put myself on mute, but um, I agree, and I am so guilty of that as well because I find in this society, it's very hyper stimulating. It's very I'm very we're very overstimulated. I say to myself, oh, I need to look up the phone number for this company, and then suddenly I'm like, oh wait, I have to know how to pronounce the name because maybe it's a voiceover and then I suddenly I'm like oh YouTube just recommended this thing and then yeah. then you're going down and then I'm like what was I even here for yeah. and I a friend of mine recently said I think you might have ADHD and I was like the thing is I didn't as a kid 
I read books and I would read an entire book in a sitting. My mom said I was always squinting. Like, um, I have Botox now, but I have very wrinkly forehead because I was always in concentration, reading intently and like soaking things up and making art, writing short stories because it was the 80s. We didn't have the, we didn't have, um, all this access to things and i think with it it can be very taxing on anyone but especially a sensitive person and that's where getting into nature comes in connecting with as you said we actually have to meditate and we have to go to humans we in this society we have to go to a gym to run you know because we forget like we're not using our bodies and our minds the way that it was intended which is problem solving, protection, uh, bonding, connection, survival in the in the in nature. Um, the sun, the stars, going to sleep when the sun goes down, waking up when the sun comes up. I was just lamenting that I keep going to bed at two and sleeping till noon. I ha- and then I'm like, ah, why am I not getting more work? And it's like because you're not waking up at the <laughs> when the sun comes up. You're on you're watching YouTube, you're like, you know, texting your friends, you're doing whatever till two in the morning. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to, to know what your understanding has become of, I, this is a big question, but answer it any, any way that you like, as someone who's left your body and, um, you know, has that understanding of this is the, this is what we walk around in. This is the clothing for our soul. But what are we doing here? in your opinion and what you from what you've learned i think what we're doing here is trying to help others raise consciousness and um the duality of especially like our politics in the u.s right now and there's a lot of duality going on for a reason and i think that i feel like things are changing and and rising and more people are becoming aware um of maybe abilities they didn't know they even had um from podcasts like yours and and other things that are out there it's i think a wonderful thing but i think that's why we're here we're we're here um as what i would call wise old souls to help others um, evolve to a place of peace and love and understanding of others. That's kind of our purpose, maybe. Yeah. And I know it's such a broad question. What is it that you most would like people to know, full stop? I guess that the the thing that would be most important for people to know is just that if you feel like you're alone, if you feel like you have ADHD, uh, talk to people because everybody is battling something and they may not share it and be comfortable with that at this point in their life. but you'll find somebody who is so that you feel like you're part of the tribe because some most of the time I think in life we feel like we're alone in the way that we feel or you know the way that we act and there there are a lot of people that put on a happy face out there um, but they're struggling inside and we just need to really 
reach out and try to help one another where it takes a village and just um, love one another, no matter what. You don't know really people's story until you know it and you get to know them. Um, and you can make a lot of judgment about people without even knowing their story. So I, I just say, you know, just take the time to get to know people and, and love people. That's beautiful. I think it's true. Always remembering that a lot of people act in ways that we can't understand, that just seem appalling, or how can this be? And I really think it is so important to look at them and just, I do this all the time, to look at them and remember that they are just doing the best they can with what they've been given. So true. Yeah, They're... there's a documentary called "The We," the the me you can't see. Mm. Um, Oprah and Prince Harry uh, put it out, and it was really good. It's a like a six episode docu series wow. about mental health. Very good. I want to see that. Thank you for recommending that. I just want to thank you. I I think you know, like I said, everyone's. I love doing this. I mean, I just love doing this. I love connecting with people, like-minded souls. I love, I think every single person, it's not, a like every single person I've met that has had a near-death experience um, or, you know, a spiritually transformative experience, they all have something to, some new insight. Sometimes I think, you know, are people going to get bored listening to the same topic all the time? But it's always different because everyone's perspective is different. That's why I always ask about you. Who are you um, in this life? Because I think that, like I said, whether you've just left your body and hovered, whether you've gone to the other side and talked to Jesus and God and angels and had this whole adventure, you all come back with this just deeper understanding of the human experience, I think. And so much of what you shared, I think, is just generally such wonderful wisdom and insight gleaned from life from experiencing life whether you've left your body or not and i i love hearing what you have to say it's so uh so relatable and i know that it will be relatable for others and i thank you so much for being here to share your experience and and who you are with the rest of us and that's what the whole point of this podcast is connection what can we all connect on so is there anything else you, that you wanted to share uh, otherwise i just want to you know i want to thank you but i'd love to hear if you have any any sort of closing thoughts, no pressure. I don't, I accept that. Uh, here, here's, here are my, here's my closing thought. I will give it to you. Can you see that? It's beautiful. Love uh, yourself first. Yes. So do that and everything will be perfect. And just, yeah, go with the flow. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Valerie. Have a great Thank day. you so much for listening with an open heart and mind for your likes, subscribes, leaving comments below and sharing with like-minded friends. Your support means the world and I could not do this without you.